0: Hello friends, welcome. Welcome to this program. The episode is 153 and Lou and I are here together to welcome you. It's great to be back. Hey, Lou. I'm looking forward to this. Lou, We're wrapping up and yes, uh, can you hear me? <laughs> yep, yes, go ahead. Yes, yes. So so we are actually very close to the end of uh, chapter 14, my friends. Uh, hopefully episode 153 and then 154 should be the end of uh, chapter 14, the chapter that I like very much myself. So today we're going to be talking about, if you remember where we left off last time, Arjuna asked Krishna uh, Krishna a question. He said, when a person becomes self-realized, A, how does he get there? How, for example, why this? are you on your path to a spiritual journey towards self-realization? What? How does he get there is what Krishna, Arjuna asks. That's one question. Second, he says is, when he gets to be self-realized, what goes on inside him? What are his internal re- reactions to events and comments and deeds? And number three, he says, how does he appear on the outside people who look at him, and this is a common question, that the last one, that people look at in India, somebody walking around in orange clothes, saffron-colored clothes, and you say, is he really self-realized or is he not? Is he just a con man looking to get money? That's a common question. So what we're going to be starting off today is just a brief little talk about knowledge, you know, because after all, what is it that we are trying to do here? All we're trying to do is to get knowledge, knowledge of something that will propel you along your path towards self realization. Majority of us, most of us, all of us are not going to be self realized in this lifetime. But if we move even a small fraction of that distance along that path towards spiritual discipline, towards self realization, the results the benefits, the peace of mind, the bliss, and material success that comes to you is immense. Take it from me. If you get this knowledge, if you work at it, the benefits to you are tremendous. Even if you go, as I keep saying, from kindergarten to first grade or second grade, on your way to a postgraduate degree of self-realization, just getting that small little distance, the benefits are tremendous to you. So, The first thing to do is to understand. First and only thing actually to do is to get this knowledge, to get, understand. That's all scriptures ask us to do. That's the beauty of these scriptures. They don't say you've got to go to a house of worship. They don't say that. They don't say you have to uh, take, do rituals. They don't say you have to fast. They don't say that you have to uh, pray a certain way. They don't say that you have to give money, donate, nothing. Just say listen to the knowledge that the scriptures impart to us, then manana, which is reflection. Think about it with your mind, what you, that takes that knowledge and converts it to wisdom. So where we left off was we were talking about purusha, which is pure, undiluted, uncontaminated conscience, consciousness. And that latches on to the matter and energy. And together, that matter, energy, and consciousness produces living beings, Mm -hmm. produces the world. So here, what we're talking about as we go through chapter 22 is what is the internal internal, um, reaction of a self-realized person to external events. So here we're talking about God, Atman, Brahman, Self within us and has no desires, no fears, no anxieties, right? Yet right. it seems like we are completely bound up by things that we attach to. So we look at something, we get attracted to it, and we bounce up and down with joy. We say, wait a second, if you're right. This is Atman or consciousness that is doing this. Then why is Atman bouncing up and down with joy or sorrow or excitement? I thought you said that Atman self, Brahman, has no reactions to any of this. So the analogy is of a child sitting on his mother's lap, very secure. Mother's holding him tight. He feels very loved and he's very secure in his mother's lap. But she decides that she wants to watch a scary movie on TV. <laughs> Not the smartest thing for a mother to do, but I'm just giving you an example. Sure, She puts on a scary movie. The child is totally secure in her lap until the scary part of the movie comes. And as he starts to see the scary movie, even though he's sitting on his mother's lap and is secure and was secure before the movie starts, he starts to see the scary movie and he starts to get scared. Now, the analogy is, he said, why should he be Why should he be scared? He's sitting on his mother's lap. He's very secure. But what has happened is his mind becomes attached to that scary movie. And when he becomes attached, he goes up and down with the emotions of that movie, even though he should know that he's very secure in his mother's lap. So the same thing applies to our purusha, our consciousness, our Atman Brahman within us. Even though it is totally Secure, and totally unrelated to any events on the outside, it starts to attach itself to the outside goings-on of the world. Starts to attach itself to the gunas, the uh, sattva, rajas, tamas, everything, and when it's attached to that, it starts to go up and down based on the emotions. And our purpose through these scriptures is to detach ourselves from those emotions, from those gunas, to become one with the self and detach ourselves from the gunas. That's basically Krishna's answer to uh, Arjuna in this. Now, there are three modes of our prakriti. All matter and energy either become sattvic or rajasic or tamasic. That means, and we've talked about what that means. So prakriti, matter and energy together play with each other to produce either rajas or tamas or sattva, even in the rest of the world. Clouds, the earth, trees, spicy food, not spicy food, everything has these three gunas. So the more you understand it, the better off you are. So for instance, when I was a psychiatrist, when uh, when I first started practicing, There was no medications as such to give to people for depression, anxiety, uh, phobias, stuff like that. And after it came about, somewhere in the late uh, 70s or early 80s is when these various medications started to come about. It changed everybody's life. I would just give somebody a medication for four weeks and they'd start to feel better. And then I found out that six months after they started to feel better... All of them would come up to me and say, can I stop the medication now? I don't like taking medication. And I would say, no, you can't, because if you stop it, your condition will come back. Most people didn't listen, and they stopped it. So what I started to do is to explain, to get the people to buy in to understand the knowledge of how these medications worked. I would tell them long story, how it worked, work, and if they stopped it, not only would they go back to square one, they would actually start to feel worse than when they first started taking the medications, which convinced many of them to stay on the medication. Similarly, the more knowledge you have of what you're going through, what you're, uh, what you're feeling about, the better you are. So. Each one of us has a body, a mind, an intellect, and those three, body, mind, intellect, which is matter, have their own gunas, sattva, rajas, tamas. You should analyze, what kind of a body do I have? What kind of a mind? What kind of an intellect? Is it satvik, Is it rajasic? Is it tamasic? Based on that, you can then discipline yourself. It's easier to discipline yourself when you understand yourself. So that's basically the theory over here. If you're tamasic, you must become rajasic. You can't jump to sattva. If you're rajasic, you must reduce your rajas to become sattvic. And we will talk about how to do that, maybe by giving yourself deadlines, for instance. So all modes are good. Don't think that sattva is good and tamas is bad. Without tamas, you cannot sleep. Without rajas, you cannot, if a bad guy comes to you in a dark alley, without rajas, you can't fight or run away. You're just standing there, very sattvic and saying your prayers. That doesn't work. You've got to either fight or run. Mm -hmm. Um, Tamas doesn't help. You can't just lie down on the floor and go to sleep. So sattvic person, sattva is first reflect, think about what you're doing, come to a decision, analyze the thing that you're supposed to act on. First reflect, then act. What Rajas does is it first acts, then reflects. Just goes crazy about acting first and thinking later. So Sattva says first reflect, then act. Rajas says first act, then reflect. And Tamas has no act, no reflect. Just does nothing but self touch. So modes, these three gunas, the three modes are the doers the rajas, sattva, and tamas, the doers. You, your knowledge through your atman, through your consciousness, just have to decide which mode to go with. Once you decide, the tamas or the rajas or the sattva takes over. So the hard part is just deciding. Once you decide, zoop, you go straight there. Nothing you can do to bring yourself back. So my grandsons have this, uh, there's many software games, one of them is called Osmo. Um, Osmo is a game where they say you have to pick. There's a monster for instance. This is a software game that develops drawing skills Mm -hmm. and the monster says what would you like to draw? Would you like to draw a room? Would you like to draw a shower? Would you like that kind of thing? Right. Once you say I want to draw a room The whole software program just takes you directly into that room. And then you can't say, well, no, no, I want to go back. Or you have to change the whole program, go back. You can't do that in real life. Right. So in real life, for instance, you are struggling with wanting to give up alcohol. And the decision is, should I drink? Should I not drink? Should I drink? You're struggling with it. And once you say, all right, I'll just take one drink. Boom. You've made that decision. Then... The gunas take over and you take that drink, the drink takes another drink, and then the whole thing takes you. So you, once you go down that path of allowing yourself to give in to something, then it just, you, you, it just goes completely that way. The next thing to keep in mind is deadlines. We all tend to have deadlines. We must, we do better when we have a deadline. When you say, okay, um, I have to stop in X many minutes, otherwise this will happen. So I tend to do better when I say, okay, I've got to get this done within so many minutes. Right. Life is full of deadlines. I have to wake up at a certain time, I have to have breakfast at such and such a time, and then I have to leave for work at such and such a time. Those deadlines keep us on the straight and narrow. There are other things that do not have a deadline. Relationships, love, study of scriptures, self-development. These are the ones without deadlines, and those are the important ones in life. So one option is for you to create a deadline for yourself for these kind of things. Create a deadline. Anything that pushes you forward on your path of self-development towards the self-realization, anything that pushes you in that direction, make a deadline for it. And Then once you have that deadline, try and stick to it, just like you would about a deadline about going to work at a certain period of time. So once you have a deadline deadline to say, I'm going to study the scriptures, I'm going to wake up at such and such an early hour when it's sattvic, and then study from this deadline to that deadline, it makes it a lot easier for you to follow that path. So with that introduction, Lou, sorry, this was such a long (laughs) introduction, verse 22 says, Light, activity, and even delusion, he hates not. This is the self-realized person that Krishna is telling Arjuna about. He does not hate light or activity or even delusion. He hates not when it is present, nor does he long for them when absent. What that means is that we each have either rajas or tamas or sattva. Rajas doesn't like tamas. Rajas doesn't care for sattva that much. Tamas hates rajas, doesn't like sattva. (laughs) Each one doesn't like the other. But let's say you have a sattvic person sitting near you. You love to be in that sattvic person's presence. Mm -hmm. Why? Because you feel calmer. You feel cleaner. You feel good. So when he, that sattvic person, is not near you, you long for him when that person is absent. And you hate it when a tamasic person is next to you. Because you're rajas. You want to do, do, do. And this person, no matter what you say, come on, get out of bed. He said, no, I want to sleep another half an hour. You don't like it. So this verse says, he likes light, which is sattva, knowledge. He likes activity, which is uh, rajas. And even delusion. He doesn't hate them when they're present. Such a, such a self-realized person. And he doesn't long for them when they're absent. So, what um, Arjuna had asked these questions, which I told you about. Now, in verse 22, 23, and 24, which we're doing now, how does one transcend the gunas? How do you get past the gunas? And verse 25 is, what is the state beyond the gunas? So, dissociate yourself from the gunas first. Recognize, as we talked last time in meditation, if you just close your eyes and just focus on your breath, going in, And out, in and out. As you do that, you notice that your breath is separate from you. It is the pranas that are causing you to breathe in and out. The pranas that is causing you to have your heart beat. And when you realize that that is the matter part of you, you are the consciousness. You are above looking. Whatever method out of the 120 plus that Shiva taught Parvati, how to meditate, Whichever technique works for you, you can use that to separate from your Prakriti. So the test of spirituality as you continue on this is Do how dependent are you on external factors for your internal satisfaction and internal happiness? The more dependent you are on the outside, the less happy you will be internally. So a self-realized person is completely detached from the outside. He does not rely at all on anything on the outside. He is what is known as self-sufficient. So that is verse 22. Verse 23, seekers seize the gunas that and recognize that it is the gunas that cause everybody to act or manifest their actions according to their own gunas somebody says my boss has such a bad temper or my husband just you know cannot stop doing xyz the weather is so terrible the traffic is just so horrible here in new york city a self-realized person says in new york city what do you expect that's how traffic is if you don't want it go to a place where there's no cars Weather in new england is winter You know, this is the guna of New England. The rest of the time, it's beautiful. But in the winter, traffic is, the weather is really cold and snowy. Mm -hmm. You don't like it? Move to the Caribbean in the winter. (laughs) Uh, This is my husband. He's got this XYZ problem. Just deal with it. He's got a lot of other pluses. This is my boss. You don't like it? Move to a different job. If you like the job but don't like your husband, that's his gunas. Nothing to do with you personally. Don't allow yourself to go up and down based on the gunas of somebody else or some place where you live or the traffic. The analogy is that of a sailboat in rough waters in the ocean versus an oil tanker. You know how big an oil tanker mm. is? It's huge. Yeah. Unless it's like a tsunami, that oil tanker is not budged by waves. That's how a self-realized person is. Whereas the little sailboat even the smallest little waves and the sailboat starts rocking up and down. Don't be a small little sailboat. Be an oil tanker. Be solid. Don't let other people's comments. He said this, it really bothered me. She said that, really bothered me. He did this to me. That bothers me. Um, those are the kind of things in gunas that keep you, you know, uh, upset. Inflation, recession, business, Business has ups and downs, no matter what you do. Business has profit. Business has loss. If you don't like it, don't be in business. Mm. Stock market goes up. Stock market goes down. Don't like it. Don't be in the stock market. Put your money in a CD or a government bond. Your body has illnesses. Your body feels good. Your body feels bad. You die. Don't like it. Nothing you can do. You're on this earth. And you're not, you thought I'm going to say, you don't like it. Yeah. Don't have a body. <laughs> right. <laughs> So those who are ignorant of this knowledge suffer that waves, uh, at the little boat that goes up and down. So the more knowledge you have, this is the beauty, that the more knowledge you have and the more you incorporate it into yourself as wisdom, the better, by the way, the difference between knowledge and wisdom, you know, somebody can tell a child, that's hot, don't touch it. The stainless steel pot, even though it doesn't look like fire, if you touch it, it's hot. Don't touch it. And no matter how much you tell the child, he may know that your mother has said, don't touch it. But once he touches it and he gets burned, he knows through wisdom. That knowledge has now become wisdom. He'll not go near that stainless steel pot again. So people often say, well, you know what? I'm better off not knowing then." Then, you know, before I heard all of this, I was quite happy. No. That's like saying somebody dies. You know, I don't know if those of you who have suffered the death of a loved one. Um, it's, It's the morning is terrible. When you're awake, you just feel so bad. You miss that person. There's so much negative feelings within you. And you go to sleep. And during the sleep, you have maybe a dream of that person. And you're happy. And you say, when I'm sleeping... Deep sleep or dream, I'm doing so well because A, in deep sleep, I don't think of that person. And in dream, he or she comes to my dreams. I'm feeling wonderful. But when I wake up, I feel back to square one, if not worse than I was. So when you're blissfully ignorant of this knowledge, you may think it's blissful, but you know at some point you're going to be miserable. And it's better to get this knowledge and learn to deal with it and be better off than not having the knowledge at all. It's like a, somebody saying to a guy who's got ridden with cancer inside. Mm-hmm. It's an advanced stage of an un- incurable cancer, but it hasn't yet started to manifest itself with pain or discomfort or any symptoms. He's right. got it, like pancreas of, cancer of the pancreas, for instance. Unfortunately, for those who have it, I'm sorry. But you ask such a person, how are you feeling? And he doesn't know he has cancer. And he says, I'm fine. I'm great. I feel good. Now, you may say, well, why tell him then? He's doing good. But at some point, that cancer will manifest itself. And at that point, the suffering is really bad. Maybe if he knows ahead of time, he can do something about it. Similarly, friends, as you get to know this knowledge, you can use it to your own benefit. Um, When you get to be this knowledge, when you get this knowledge in you, Things that seem important to you, and we'll talk about this as we go further with children and their toys. You have your toys. You like going to the mall. You like going to parties. You like getting dressed up. You like having gifts. You like listening to certain music, and you like parties, money, that kind of thing. As you start getting this knowledge, you say, I don't really feel like going to the parties. I don't have a need to go to malls. I don't have a need to buy things. Um, And I can tell you this from personal experience. You have no interest in it. That knowledge helps you get past that, and it just goes further and further along. Um, This also, to verse 23, I didn't read it to you, but verse 23 says, He who, seated like one unconcerned, is not moved by gunas, who, realizing that only gunas function, is firm and moves not. So, here you he uses the word unconcerned. Now, what does unconcerned mean? You may say I, I, a lot of different things about unconcerned, but unconcerned is, uh, to give you an analogy, whether you take a referee or an umpire in any sports game or boxing or wrestling, you know, when something happens, you turn to the referee on the umpire and say, how's that? What? And and if the empire says I I don't know, I really wasn't listening because I don't care. (laughs) Right. You can imagine that that doesn't work. Going to a judge and heated argument between defense and the prosecution and the judge. You say, judge, what do you think? And he says, I appeal it. He says, I I don't know. I wasn't listening. Right. So unconcerned. Is different. He's here, he says, one who is unconcerned means that he he's paying attention. He knows what's going on. It just doesn't disturb him. That's the difference. Right. A person like this is unconcerned about what is going on with the gunas. He who seated like one unconcerned. He's not saying that he's unconcerned, he's seated as if he's unconcerned. He does not get a self-realized person sitting there, you know. Somebody falls in front of him, gets into an accident, gets hurt. He jumps up, but he doesn't get agitated like a rajasic person would. He jumps up, picks up this person, helps the bleeding, whatever he does, but without getting all agitated about it. He looks like he's unconcerned, but he's very helpful in what he does. He does what he ought to do. We're talking about detachment and we're talking about equanimity, right? Equanimity. He is yeah. basically equanimous as he's doing it. He's efficient. He does what he needs to do, but he's not involved emotionally or otherwise. He does what he needs to do to help this person who got hurt, but without getting involved, without yelling, screaming, you know, shouting, getting upset or agitated. So our desires, this is the other part that I was talking about before, the how do you control those desires? recognize that every desire, whether it be um, lust, whether it be a desire to have some, every one of the senses, you measure your sense and you say for food, for smell, for sound, for music, for sex, physical pleasure, whatever. You say, I can't control it. I can't control this desire for alcohol. Recognize that any desire only goes up to a certain point. It appears as if it reaches a crescendo. It's going to get worse, you think, and then it goes down. So there's this cycle of up and down. If you can only manage to survive till the end of that crescendo, it'll come down. So just keep in mind, as much as you think, I can't control this, I can't control this, just ride the crest and start to slide on the other side again, and you'll see you get better. Uh, I don't know if you've watched these boxing movies like Rocky, you know, uh, where they, a person can lose because of a knockout or a knockdown. Right. But if you stay on your feet and you just survive round after round after round, all you have to do is to just survive each round and you could be deemed on, on technical points uh, a winner. So that's the desire cycle that we were talking about before. Now, verse 23. Sorry, we have two more verses to go. <laughs> he Sorry, we did uh, verse 23. Verse 23 says um, that he is unconcerned who, realizing that only Guna's function is firm and moves not. Moves not refers also to the fact, just because Tamas is also lethargy, lethargy does not move. That movement also refers not just to the body, but to the mind. Our mind tends to move, to change, and in Uh, tamas, it doesn't change. Whatever you wish for when you're 13, 14, 15, the same thing you're wishing for when you're 70 or 80 or 90. Um, I want people to look after me. I want people to take care of me. I want money. I want power. I want good looks, that kind of thing. Um, So a person who is in a self-realized sits in pure consciousness. He doesn't want for anything. Um, The seeker Remains unaffected and unmoved by the external behavior of others. He remains firm while the gunas are playing out whatever it is that they are doing. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, we did verse 24. Now, verse 20, oh, sorry, verse 23. Verse 24 basically says, He to whom joy and sorrow are the same, rooted in self, to whom a clod of earth, Stone and gold are the same. to whom pleasant and unpleasant are alike. The wise to him much censor and praise are alike. So here what he's saying is not there's there's four aspects that he's talking about here. One is material, immaterial earth, then stone and gold. He says to him they're all the same, right? It is the matter, <clears throat> matter and energy. Together create earth, create stone, create gold, create diamonds. And he says he recognizes that this is just a play of the gunas of the Prakriti that are creating earth, mud, and stone. He knows, and so he doesn't bother him. Material, second is physical. Physical is heat and cold, joy and sorrow. uh, Heat and cold, pain and no pain. Mm -hmm. Mind is pleasure and sorrow. Um, intellect is thought, knowledge, praise, censure. Somebody says good things about you, bad things about you. He says to a self-realized person, they're all alike. So think about this. I'm a grandfather and my kids come over and they want to play. Whatever game they're playing, whatever they're playing with, I just bought my sons, my grandsons, much against the wishes of his father, my son, (laughs) um, these water guns. Um, (laughs) so that they can spray it. And I put up like soda cans, empty soda cans on the side, and they would take the water gun and shoot the water (laughs) gun. Uh, Innocent game. I'm not teaching them violence or anything like that. They're shooting at the, the soda cans. And their friends all have them. Anyway, as I see them getting excited about it, I'm playing along with them, and they might come to me and say, "Poppy, Poppy, look at this!" You know, they're so excited, and I'm playing along with it. To me, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, we loved comic books. We loved books by Enid Blyton, by marbles, little uh, dinky toys, or they were—they're le- called now Matchbox toys, I think. So. Yeah. Um Everybody had a collection. Oh, look at that little red car. Look at that green car. I love it. If I, can, What can I give you? I'll give you three of these for one of those, that kind of thing. Right. As you get older, you lose that value for those cars or the marbles or the comic books or, or the guns. Why? Because now other things start to matter to you. But other things still matter. Money, your career, your f- fortune, your fame, your family, all of these things start to matter. And you lose interest in... Matchbox cars or comic books. A person who is on his path to spirituality loses even that interest in family, of all things fortune, Mm -hmm. wealth, um, fame. He doesn't care. He's only on the path to getting uh, self realized. So, similarly, what he's saying is to whom joy and sorrow, all of these things are alike, whether it's the material things, Getting this knowledge, if you get the knowledge, if you don't incorporate it in yourself and turn it into wisdom, it's the same, the scriptures say, as gold bars on a donkey's back. <laughs> the donkey doesn't know what the yeah. gold bars are. He has, To him, it's just another burden. He just sees it as heavier than straw. Um, and he says, what is this? To him, it means nothing. So don't allow the knowledge to just sit with you, just take it in. Unless you think on it, manana, reflect on it, it is not going to do you much good. It's like gold bars on a donkey's back. Right. Don't allow yourself to be affected internally by external factors. Be self-sufficient. That knowledge is going to be what is going to produce self-sufficiency to you because you are going to be aware of what it is that produces that happiness versus unhappiness within yourself. That knowledge is going to produce humility in you. Excuse me. That knowledge dilutes your ego. That knowledge is what makes you not think, it is me, I'm doing it. I want my name here. I want my name over there anonymity and not taking credit for things is a great asset to you. Renounce this feeling of, I have done that, I have done this. Renounce people saying good things to you, praise to you. This higher knowledge, you develop a lesser value for the world. Just they become, the world becomes like marbles or comic books or uh, dinky toys or matchbox toys to you. The um, Either, oh, then... You need to share this knowledge to get to do your karma. The best karma you can do is to share this knowledge. You can do, you can build houses, you can feed people, you can do all of that. That's good karma too. But the highest level of karma is to share this knowledge. And one way of doing it is by talking to people who are interested. Don't shove it down the throats of people who are really not interested in it. Right. But people who are interested in it, if you talk to them, share with them, that's a good way of of doing karma. Now, in the Mahabharata, in in the Gita, Krishna says to Arjuna, destroy the Kauravas, your cousins. Why? Because those people, the Kauravas, were bad, bad people. If you read the Mahabharata, you'll see. They were actually a blight on the country. They, because of the badness, the, ba- the bad attitudes that they had, they prevented their population from getting to a different point. And therefore, Krishna said, by destroying them, you're actually spreading knowledge in an indirect fashion. Mm -hmm. So whether you do it directly by teaching people or you do it indirectly by improving the environment in which this can be spread, you're doing a good thing. So that is verse 24. I think we talked about all of that. Uh, Renounce the I, I, I. You know, don't allow people to make you feel good by praise or make you feel bad by criticism. I'm not saying be like a statue, because a statue, you can spit on it or insult it. The statue doesn't feel. Here, you know what's being said. You know the criticism, but it doesn't affect you as much. And when you say renounce, you're not saying renounce the person praising you. You're renouncing your attachment to the praise. That's right. That's right. Don't allow the Don't attach yourself to the praise or the censure. Renounce that feeling of, I have done this. So sorry, friends, it went (laughs) over 30 minutes, and I apologize for that. But I promise you the next one, which is the last three verses of chapter 14, will be shorter. And we'll see you there.